you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm late. I'm late. For a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com the Around the NFL Podcast is 60% G, 25% of the time. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Chris Wessling to my left, Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Welcome back, Wes. Thank you. Good to have you in the, in the big chair. Well, it's the same size chair as the rest of the chairs, but... You you leave a big. It's a power chair though. Big I mean, shadow. According to the Mike and the Mad Dog, uh, thirty for thirty, which I finally watched. The, you know, you want to be facing the controller. You got to face. So I'm in the weak chair. I get whatever that is. <laughs> the weakest chair. Penalty box. You're in the Mad Dog chair. Um, yes, uh, we're back together for another week of shows. Saturday night was the big Shield celebration gala at Sessler Manor. Uh, is that why Mark's not here today? I don't know. He seemed to be okay on text yesterday, but maybe he's still in recovery uh, after what was a got, a got a little wild at Sessler Manor. I, I was say. the lone voice of voice of sobriety. <laughs> I do not like this turn of events. Yeah, at one point Wes was just like, "This is all different being the only sober <laughs> one here." Y'all, y'all are funny. <laughs> I get that. I get that. How that would be kind of a weird scene, but uh, yeah, it was a good good time, and um, you know, possibly you know, a nice way to close a chapter. Uh, of that book in my life, so <laughs> I like how you're letting this. You're gonna let this linger on all off season. Well, you're really stoking the uncertainty. I did. I, you know, I used some of my intrepid reporter skills to ask some questions. During, how many sources during the party? No, to you. Well, you were the, oh, yeah. you were the main <laughs> source. Uh, but you know, he was playing it on the fence. Not sure what's gonna happen next year. On that fence. On that fence. Uh, today's uh, edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Do I have to say it's sponsored by New Era at the top? Yes, every time. Okay. Today's edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented, of course, by uh, New Era. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to. Jay Cutler's back in the NFL. How about that? And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I missed him. Really? I feel I like it better that he's back involved. Like he's back in the mix. We'll, and we'll get into that and what, what that means down in uh, Miami. We will also now um, – training camp is about, you know, almost two weeks old. A couple, you know, a couple days old for the Lions. <laughs> um, so uh, kind of spinning out of a Greg Rosenthal piece on NFL.com. The winners and losers of training camp so far. And, hey, Lions fans that are coming at me upset that the Detroit's on my radar. Hey, just get to camp early. And if you can't get to camp, Greg, I know this one gets on your radar. Yeah. You know, get get the team together in a local park in Auburn Hills, throw the football around, stay stay loose, run run some sprints. You know. Now have you actually checked to see if Matthew Stafford got some of his receivers together or not? Uh I have two sources on that so far, <laughs> but I'm not ready to go live with that reporting yet. Uh so anyway, winners and losers of training camp, uh hitting all the news and, and that's the show today before we get going. Hi, Sully. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you guys doing? How was your weekend? It was good. Lazy. Relaxing. Yeah. yeah. It was nice. I need. I needed one after a, a big weekend, two weekends ago. So. 
Okay. Well, that, yeah. well, let's let's keep that appropriately mysterious. Yes. What happened two weekends ago with Sean Sullivan? We may never know. Let's do some news. No more cleats. I'm moving on to smoke meats, fellas. Ah, uh, yes. The dulcet tones of Vince Wolfark. We'll get to him in a, a little bit. But let's start with Cutler, uh, who agreed and is now officially signed a one-year contract with the Miami Dolphins, the 34-year-old. Uh, who was all set to take a nice cushy broadcasting gig with Fox instead uh, in the fallout following the Ryan Tannehill setback with his left knee, uh, is now joining the Dolphins. Rap Sheet had uh, reported this on Sunday and now on Monday. It's a deal. It's $10 million bucks with incentives. I think it can get up to about $13 million if he hits incentives. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you what, Chris Wessel, like I said, Jay Cutler back in the league. And I kind of missed the guy, and he wasn't even really gone. Well, we went from one guy who almost changed the Dalton scale to the Tana scale to another guy who's been talked about in this room as the median of all NFL quarterbacks, right in the middle. Jay Cutler is reviled by many people, probably a little unfairly, and over-celebrated by a lot of people. Oh. But he's a very average NFL that a shot at me? Who's he over-celebrated by course, other than me? Of course by – well, Damashek predicted he was going to be MVP I never, two or three years ago. I, I never did that. <laughs> I never did that. Let's hear, let's hear what uh, Jay Cutler had to say when he was asked about, you know, why uh, – you know, how hard a decision it was to come out of retirement. It was hard. It was hard. It was definitely hard. Um – you know, I, I, like you said, the last four months I've been in uh, a different mode, different mindset, getting ready for the Fox deal. Um, and it was really, you know, pretty good with where I was in my life. You know, I was around the kids a lot um, and, you know, felt pretty content. Uh, so weighed back and forth on this. I mean, I, I'd probably say my wife, Kristen, probably talked me into it more than uh, anybody else could. I mean, that is somewhat worrisome. If you're a Dolphins fan, that it was back and forth over the weekend. You know, you want someone that's <laughs> going to be really committed and ready for it. And, you know, the body language experts were out on Twitter having fun a little bit with Jay Cutler, who, Jay Cutler, who looked about as relaxed and uh, cool as he possibly could be. He seemed in a great mood. He actually had a lot of – he had some jokes. Uh, I think that Adam Gase sold them because he knows Adam Gase is the best – coordinator for him that he maybe ever had. Yeah, maybe Mike Shanahan as a head coach earlier in his career. I don't think he would have come back in any other situation. And I think he sees this with Adam Gase for a chance. If I'm going to be with Adam Gase, we can make this work. And it actually can be pretty great with, with all the weapons around him. I think you nailed it. This is the perfect storm for Cutler. I don't think he would have come out of retirement for any other job. I think it had to be Adam Gase. It had to be a Dolphins team with more offensive talent than they've had around them in a long time. You know what's funny, Wes? I thought the same thing, too, on Friday, actually, when it was starting to look imminent that he was going to end up in Miami. I tweeted that this could not have worked out better uh, for Jay Cutler. Uh, he, he, he nailed this. And Rapsheet kind of came at me and was like, well, he didn't have any other offers. And then I said, well, was he really – looking hard for a job, and then Rapsheet said yes. Mm. So apparently he really was trying to get onto a team, well, and nobody wanted him. He weren't, the Jets wouldn't even return his call. What does that tell you? But the fact that things all ended up working out in his favor, this is the ideal situation he could have picked. It's just the, the way things worked out, the football gods uh, smiled down on Jay once more. I, for one, am very happy that he is no longer being blackballed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, people, people – Trying to compare Kaepernick and Cutler in this situation, it, it's a tough comparison because Cutler has the year with Gase. I think the Dolphins, first of all, are more interesting with Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, this is a fun story. The NFL is more interesting with Jay Cutler. As as much grief as you want to give him, he certainly makes some mistakes. He's a fun player to watch. If you just made a top 20 you know, best throws. If, if you made a top 20 best throws of Jay Cutler's career, it's up there with any top 20. If you're a defensive back, he's a fun quarterback to watch. Okay, but he was different under Gase really in 2015. He was controlled. He had fewer interceptions than he's ever had. He was over-celebrated. He was a little over-celebrated, but they had so many injuries. That's why people got excited that his stats were actually about as good as they ever were for him, despite an awful group of players around him that were hurt. I think the the Dolphins might be a better team with Jay Cutler than they were with Ryan Tannehill. Maybe you don't have the hope that Ryan Tannehill turns into someone else that he hasn't really been in his career. That hope is gone. You kind of know who Jay Cutler is 
is. But you might actually be better. This is not a, hey, we lost our starting quarterback. Now the season's over. To me, they were a mediocre-looking team beforehand, one that if things break right could make the playoffs, and they are the same team today with Jay Cutler. I think you could argue their ceiling's higher because of Cutler's Cutler's a better quarter. He's a more gifted quarterback than Tannehill, especially in arm talent. But he's also, if this season starts to go sideways, you're talking about a guy who had to be convinced to play football. He's not going to want to answer to anyone. No, he, he'll be. It's a one-year deal, so they didn't over. The money's pretty nice, but they can get out of it and have Matt Moore in there and have Jay sullen on the sidelines if it if it comes to that. When well, he has to stay healthy too, he hasn't. Um, practiced all offseason. And by the way, his pass rating, some people put you know not too much into that, but he had a 92 pass rating with Gase in that season, which is not too far above the league average. So it wasn't like he was tremendous. Like right at the league. It was yeah, the best of his career, anything. though, uh, I believe. But here, here's the last question before we move on. Hey, Jay, are you, are you in good football shape right now? Well, the good thing is I play quarterback, so I don't really have to be in uh, that great of uh, cardiovascular shape. I can't wait. I cannot <laughs> he wait. He's got big laughs. He's joking around. I mean, he's having fun. You're so excited about this guy. He's in fine shape. He was also very engaging in that press conference. I thought he was unfairly maligned for his press conference. It's, it didn't matter what he would have done. He was going to get killed just because it's fun to make. And that's part of the fun of Jay Cutler being in the league. You get to make fun of Jay Cutler, and he doesn't care. Uh, and I'll tell you what. Now that he's back in the league, he once again takes the mantle. Best hair. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. any very, quarterback in football. Very good hair. And before we move on, I just want to put it out there. Yes, it's most likely a one-year thing. But if you're Ryan Tannehill, I feel like the starting quarterback job of the Dolphins is no longer yours. It's out of your hands. If Jay Cutler plays great this season, not saying that's going to happen. Well, let's say they just go to the playoffs. He, play, he plays well this season. He's played a lot more games with Adam Gase. It could turn into more than one year. Whether Cutler plays well or not, his contract, Tannehill, next year is going to be $20 million. They're going to have to have a decision to make whether they want to possibly trade him, whether they can really trust him, or whether they bring in competition, whether it's Cutler or a rookie or something like that. That is sort of out of his hands. Ryan Tannehill's turning 30 years old next year. He's not a young player anymore. So you're saying he no longer controls his own destiny. Oof. And by the way, we still don't know his season's over, but it's certainly right, everything point. is trending in that direction and giving Jay Cutler this much money when you had a backup that you seemingly liked and Matt Moore really uh, speaks volume. So we'll see what happens. Jay, welcome back to the family. Moving on. Uh, just when things couldn't get any more grim for the New York Jets uh, this season or heading into this, uh, what will be a lost season, you'd think. Quincy Anunua, their slated number one wide receiver, uh, heading to IR. Uh, Mike Garofolo reported this uh, with a neck injury. He, he was held out of practices throughout the spring with a neck issue. Uh, and then it popped up again in their green and white scrimmage on Saturday, uh, a non-contact situation where he went down. Turns out Todd Bowles uh, announces that he has a bulging disc in the neck, needs surgery. The only upshot here uh, in the silver lining is is not believed to be one of those neck injuries that's career-threatening. Uh, he should be uh, ready in six to nine months. But now the Jets, they, it's getting it's getting grim, guys. I mean... <laughs> It, it already was grim, Getting. but no, I'm talking about now. I'm really for the first time when this when I saw this come across Twitter, I'm a little worried about 0 and 16. That's how bad it is. Robbie Anderson is now the Jets' number one wide receiver. Christian Hackenberg got basically kicked out of practice yesterday. Christian Hackenberg is real for his inability to break a, a huddle properly and is apparently not shown a lot. Josh McCown, it looks like he's going to end up getting the starting Not getting job. any first team reps, which is surprising, Hackenberg. Yeah, he got a few today, I believe, but still Josh McCown is, is looks like everything is trending toward a situation where the Jets, they're not going to score any points. And with Robbie Anderson at number one, Wes, uh, it's not going to get better after the news today. I've heard of Robbie Anderson. I've never heard of this character, Sharon Peak. Caught a, caught a few passes last year. You pronounced it correctly. Number That's good. two receiver. He was in the mix in December. I was watching those Jets games. He was like he was playing. That yeah, count, he caught yeah, like That's in the mix, four. I guess. Cut a, cut I mean, zero and sixteen. I think the hot take would be that they might not go zero and sixteen. They they should be oh. favored to go. They are less talented than the two thousand sixteen Browns. I think they have they have good defensive players in their front seven. And just the way football is, you figure you can luck into about two wins. I would think two and 14 still the over-under. But this is the worst-looking wide receiver group heading into a season that you can remember. Sharon Peak, 
uh, the number two receiver right now. Our Darius Stewart, a third-round pick this year, is the favorite to be the number three receiver. He hasn't even practiced fully. They're going to have to bring in a veteran. I honestly don't think you can. You can't go into the season with that group. Anunwa, I feel bad for him. He was entering a contract year, overachieving, most fun player on the Jets' offense, I would say, to watch, which is a low bar right now. But he, he was it. Who's the next best player Billy Powell Billy Powell Billy Powell's next kind of fun to watch yeah but that's that's no bad. but I mean that says a lot that says a lot and here's the other part of it that I've never been less excited and I've been around a while now I've never been less excited about a jet season than the one we're heading into there's literally nothing to be excited about except for the draft which isn't for months and months and months and the biggest shame of all this now is because of the quarterback situation, because of the lack of playmakers on offense, uh, now the injuries on top of it. How do you evaluate any of these guys? If this season, if at least you can, you uh, will evaluate. The line's what we have a mess on the too, by the way. Like if the rest of the team was yeah. good, we would be talking about how bad this offensive line is. If the quarterbacks are bad and the line's bad and you don't have anybody to throw to, how you? And then it, it all trickles over to the defense. If the offense is never on the field and the defense is getting gassed week after week after week, how are you going to even get a good look at those guys? There's a lot of young guys on this roster. It's as bad. The Jets are an embarrassment right now. First team coordinator, well, first year coordinator too, John Morton, who's never done it before I don't think we're we're just piling on when we say this is one of the worst offenses entering a season on paper and they can always prove us wrong that we've ever seen I there there are no there are no teams that go into a season this bad at at so many different offensive positions on Twitter I I put it out there over under three and a half how many games they score more than 14 points a season are they gonna get the over under on that I mean you got special teams yeah I'm going over Touchdowns. All right. Well, everybody with the over. A little optimism ending this segment on the Jets. Moving on. I'm saying two wins, too. Yeah. Well, Fuck we'll up. See. We'll see. Uh, Anquan Bolden got a job. He signed a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so he joins Tyrod Taylor, Sammy Watkins, and company Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football. Um, first reported this on Monday. The deal is up to uh, worth up to $4 million. Bolden, 37 years old uh, this fall. His fifth team in fifth team in fifteen years in the league. Uh, well, I mean, Greg, are we going to get excited about this? I'm I'm happy Anquan Bolden still wants to play and got a job, uh, but is is this going to be a, a signing that makes any ripples in the NFL in real in any tangible way? No, I don't think it will. You know, as someone who loves watching Anquan Bolden play, one of my favorite players of of his generation, I I would have loved to see him stick around on the waiver wire, and I know he's not getting offers most likely, and he wants to play and see if anything better pops up. Yeah, in 2022, in March, when Rap Sheet is on total access saying Anquan Bolden is only going to play for a contender, don't believe him. <laughs> Anquan Bolden is a mercenary who will play well, for any team. Well, he loves football. I think that's one of the reasons we, why we love watching him play. He loves his job. He wants to play football. Great career, one of the most respected players, but don't believe him when he says he's only going to play for a contender. Okay. He also – he likes football. He also likes $4 million. It doesn't make you a mercenary. It's like, oh, you could, I could make millions of dollars to squeeze out another season? Yeah. I get it. I get it. Uh, but you would think if he had more options, he would sign with a team that isn't on a 17-year playoff drought that plays in the same division as the Patriots. <laughs> well, they're Tough in, situation. They, they're about as thin at receiver as any other team other than the Jets. Zay Jones is a rookie who's number two, so he's going to play a lot for this, this Bills team. Uh, moving on, the Cleveland Browns uh, – they have an unsteady quarterback situation as well. And Brock Osweiler. Oh, uh, I can't believe it. Is going to get the first crack uh, in this QB battle. He is the starter for the team's Thursday preseason opener against the Saints. Uh, Cody Kessler will come in next, followed by Deshaun Kaiser and then Kevin Hogan. I guess we'll see some snaps. Uh, this comes west. Last week, uh, we have it. It's documented. Mark all in on Deshaun Kaiser and the Browns in 2017. Is there anything to read into the fact that Brock Osweiler is starting the first preseason game? Well, I think it's it's the reminder that if you blink in August, you miss a changing in the guard in training camp. But last last week, Mary Kay Cabot of the Plain Dealer is saying that Deshaun Kaiser is way ahead of every other quarterback in practice. Friday and Saturday, he has bad scrimmages. Cody Kessler is not playing well, and all of a sudden Brock Osweiler, who's only played with the second-team offense, right. is starting the first preseason game because the other two guys aren't getting it done. Well, my take, one of my takeaways from going to these training camps is I don't trust any of the reporters' evaluations because I wouldn't trust my own. I think it's really hard for 
I, I think even the coaches say they have to watch the film of practice before they say anything. There's so much that you don't know watching. So to say, okay, Kaiser's way ahead. Hugh Jackson said it best. You would love to see one of these guys step up. It's kind of hard when you're splitting you know, snaps four ways, and no one, none of these guys have stepped up. Is It was basically what he's saying. And I think they have to be a little disappointed that Kaiser and Kessler have not stood up, and that's the only reason why Brock is playing. We haven't heard from Brock in a little while. Let's see what Brock had to say, a member of the Cleveland Browns now. I could not be more excited to be a Cleveland Brown. I, I truly mean that. And it, it really starts with our ownership. You know, the, the Haslam family, Jimmy and Dee, um, they've just created a tremendous culture in this building. This and then, guy. you know, Sashi Brown has put a ton of great Sashi. people in this place. And then, you know, going down to Coach Hugh Jackson and, and Coach Lee, our quarterback coach, um, they've made me a way better football player than I've ever been. They coach you hard every single day. They make it black and white as far as in the meetings to, to what they expect at practice and what they expect in games. Um, I love everything about this place. I love being a Brown, All right, and, we and can I'm cut just it. very thankful Gee, to be Yeah, here. shut it down, Brock. All right, we I, get it. I, I watched this. This is from an interview with Steve Weish on NFL Network, and I swear the question, he sort of didn't answer the question at all, and <laughs> he had these sort of, these dead glassy eyes, and it really reminded me of a hostage video. Just I am being treated very well here. They they feed me breakfast, and is he giving like, signs like very off camera, like writing down? I, like, hey, I yeah, save me. It's less of a hostage situation than he's he's one of the most disingenuous oh. athletes I've ever heard, and that goes back to his introductory press conference with the Texans when nothing he said was credible. Well, <laughs> we're we're so hard on Brock. I'm starting to feel bad. I think this is just how he talks. You know what I mean? He's extreme. I mean, if you it's, remember back to the like Super Bowl. He's like a real Bowl, estate guy. He's a, wooden, he's a little wooden. When he got benched for Peyton at Super, before Super Bowl 50, and he was getting a lot of credit for how professional he was, car- the dignity he was carrying himself with, uh, being asked about being benched for a week straight. He's got this side of the game down, the polished uh, media front. But he Is does it, it polished if it's not credible at no, all? It's polished it. to a sheen, which uh, at a certain point that starts working against you for sure. He looks like a ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> yes, <guy>. absolutely. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, other quarterback news. Brock Osweiler's former team, the Denver Broncos, they're trying to figure out who's going to be their quarterback. Uh, it's a little messy right now because neither Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch have really stood out uh, so far. Uh, at least that's what their own head coach has been uh, telling people. But uh, they now will start Trevor Simeon in the Broncos preseason opener Uh uh, against the Bears this Thursday. That game will be on NFL Network if you want to you know, sit down on the couch, pop open a brewski, and check out the Week 1 Bears preseason game. And uh, Paxton Lynch, he'll start the following week uh, against the 49ers in Santa Clara, uh, That for, coming from Vance Joseph. Greg, who's, who's going to uh, start? Who's going to start Week 3? Because that's when we find out probably who's going to be their Week 1 guy. The practice reports are that Simeon is winning this job by default. To, Never good. To quote a uh, Denver Post column over the weekend, that that Paxton Lynch just is not showing any of the growth that they were hoping for. It, I think it's still very early, and the and the games are going to end up mattering more. And I still believe that they would love Paxton Lynch to be the one that does win the job. Charles Robinson of Yahoo cited a source who watched video of every practice and said Simeon has outplayed Lynch in every single practice, Mm. which says a lot more about Lynch than Simeon because by all accounts, Simeon has been pretty average in camp. And he's learning a new offense. I mean, he's a young player who's not, you know, the most talented quarterback in the league. I like him, but he's a a third-year player who hasn't started that many games learning a new offense. So, you know, it's not easy for either of these guys right now. In other news, Jalen Collins, the Falcons cornerback, has run into trouble once again. Uh, Collins, who started Super Bowl 51 for the Falcons, a cornerback, and was suspended four games for a violation of the uh, performance-enhancing substance policy last year, was hit with a 10-game suspension uh, on Monday to start 2017 for a repeat offense, the team announced. Uh, That means Collins won't be able to practice with the team after the preseason ends, cannot return until November 21st. Wes, is this a big loss for the Atlanta secondary? No, and, and Thomas Dimitrov, their GM, has said twice this in the past couple of months, this is the deepest roster he's ever had. And this is another example of it. This is a guy who started in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady picked on him in the Super Bowl, and he was going to be their fourth quarter cornerback at best. He was not slated to have a big role at all. But he played very well down the stretch, and I think was one of the reasons that defense uh, played 
into the Super Bowl, played well in the playoffs. He got one of these statements from the Falcons, which I always – it's interesting when they do this, where the team kind of buried him. They were just like, we're disappointed in Jalen for this happening again. So in Two years in a row, that's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, they can live without him. Come back to us, bro. Uh, in other news, retirement news, Vince Wolfirk, who uh, – one of the great nose tackles of his generation, won two rings with the Patriots, uh, finished his career in Houston. He retired on Monday, and he he retired in a very 21st century manner uh, on uh, via a paid sponsorship with Kingsford, the grill company, a video he released on his Twitter feed uh, in which he said he was walking away, uh, leaving the game, but uh, still going to grill or something. I don't know. Uh, it was weird. But uh, Vince Wolfirk, 35 years old, former first-round pick. Uh, Greg, where does he rank for you amongst your favorite Patriots of the Belichick era? Well, that's a long, impressive Fun list. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, it must he, be. He's up there. I mean, he's certainly one of my favorite defensive players uh, just because of his personality, if nothing else. I mean, unless you're really breaking down the tape, you're not seeing all the good things that Wilford does on a snap-to-snap basis, taking up two blockers, basically shutting down the run. Early in his career, teams just ran away from him. That's like the best compliment you can possibly have. He is also um, responsible for the butt fumble. On some level, uh, and also he probably has one of the longest uh, for a non-quarterback gaps between Super Bowl championships, 2004, and then what was it, 2015? Mm. Uh, so quite a. I don't know. Is he Hall of Fame worthy, Wes? My guess is he'll come just short. That he's in that Hall of Very Good range, just because nose tackles never get the credit that they deserve. He he has a couple. He didn't win it in 2015. I, I was checking. Uh, he that was his. Unfortunately, he had been some bad timing there, right? Oh, he le- and I thought he had two. Am I crazy? I, I read that. He left after the Seattle Super Bowl win, didn't he? All right, I'm an idiot. Hey, don't don't beat yourself up. It's hard to keep track of all these Super Bowl titles. I, I get it, Greg. Everybody <laughs> I was thinking 2015 season. Uh, you're right. I, he had a he had a couple second team All Pros, one first team All Pro. Generally, that's that's probably not quite enough. Five Pro Bowls. He'll be someone I think that's talked about, but probably not into the finalists. Thing he was most famous for after leaving New England was the Hard Knocks episode where he showed up wearing the giant overalls uh, with nothing else underneath, uh, which was one of the classic Hard Knocks moments. He's also, wearing that in his retirement video, too. Same getup. Yeah, he brings it back in that yep. video. He also says in that video, hanging up cleats but still smoking meats. And mm. uh, he wears a hat that just says ribs. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's a challenge. And Wes, how about that? He's famous for this because years ago his wife – uh, secretly videotaped. Oh, it. Bianca. Bianca. I mean, you know, before Giselle came along, <laughs> this is one thing people will remember Vince Wilfer for, about as well-liked and does as much charity work as as any Patriot. They were the first couple of the New England Patriots. Um, That's all I'm saying. Bianca. Hey, tell who's a Ted Johnson. Yeah. Tell Ted Johnson that too. Oh, yeah. He, he famously stepped on the wrong toes that way. Do a web search if you want to learn a little bit more about why you do not mess with Vince Wilfork and his family. But, uh, Wes, Wilfork looks like a man who enjoys ribs. He looks like he knows his way around a smoker. Uh, you Again, tremendous ribs uh, delivered by you at Saturday at the party. But do you think perhaps that this man could challenge you uh, to the throne for greatest ribs Woo-hoo! hooker in America? I, I will tell you that in the past few months – I've made ribs that one person said was the best thing they've ever had in their mouth. And Saturday night, Jay Berg said yeah. the best meat he's eaten in years of any kind. I think it's like cornerbacks in the NFL. Like you have to – whether you're the best or not, you have to have the mindset that you're the best. And I don't mm. think Vince Wilfork can outrib me. I like the confidence. In fact, I love the confidence. Well, the, what Wes did the other night with – I don't know. There was some brown sugar, and you had a new cooking. Don't give away any of the cooking. tips. Wilford could be listening. <laughs> it was it it was unbelievable, and it was so good. I the other a few weeks back, I, I brought it home for my my wife, who was a chef. You know, went to culinary school, and and she put the seal of approval, just like that. These are unbelievable ribs, and it says a lot about Wes on a party where he could not partake in the ribs. He has the gener- generous heart enough to be cooking ribs, using up his energy all day to cook for the rest of us. Well, that's a, that's a lot of putting about a man. positive spin on it. But I mean, in all honesty, I enjoy doing it. And and 
in the past few months, I haven't had many weekends where I can get out and do something I enjoy. But I, you know, it's a good way to spend the day. If you if you love what you do, and for Wes that means cooking ribs, it will take you a long way. Vince, can you say you love him that much? Mm. The way he dances while he's I think he loves him. I think he loves him. Let's move on. Check in on the uh, a certain battle that the old Zeus has been tracking down in Tampa. Rob, Roberto Aguayo against Nick Folk. Um, quick rundown here. On Friday, Aguayo goes off in practice. Makes everything. Dirk Cutter saying, oh, we had a sit-down, a come-to-Jesus meeting about, uh, hey, hey, just go out there and have fun. And, and, and Aguayo was telling the media, mm. hey, I was thinking about it all wrong last year. I was too stressed out. I just got to let the game come to me. If only they, he had said that last year, have fun. <laughs> yeah, It exactly. never would have happened. Meanwhile, Nicky Folk missed some kicks la- late last week. Monday, you got to be thinking, Cutter's thinking to himself, I, I think this is going to be settled. I think Robbie's figured it out because now the game's coming to him easily. He's just having fun out there like a kid. And what does he do? He yaks it up on Monday. Uh, both Folk and Aguayo missed uh, kicks on the skinny field goal post. Uh, Folk clanged it off the left, right, upright. This is all according to Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Aguayo missed wide right. They both then missed on regulation goal posts. Wow. Uh, Aguayo hooking a kick badly to the left. And then finally, Aguayo made one from about 50 yards out that Folk then missed. And then Dirk Cutter, I'll say this about Dirk Cutter, the Bucks coach. He is leaning into this. He's sucked in as I am in this. Instead of like being a little like, you know, having a little bit of a poker face going on. He lives and dies by every Bucks practice talking about. He loves talking about this. For the skinny goalpost, it's a great move. Yeah, for the competition, you got to go to the skinny goalpost. Here's here's his quote. This is how pumped up Cutter is about this thing. Uh, asked about the practice of the two men. Not too good. Not too good. It's one day on, one day off. Whatever they ate for breakfast today, off the menu because that wasn't <laughs> it. Neither of them was very good today. It's a simple process, okay? You're a kicker in the NFL. Inside 50 yards, you've got to make your kicks. And I'm not being a hard ass or anything. That's just what it is in this league. They know it. I know it. <laughs> Everyone here knows it. Guayo. Folk. So, you guys are aware of the stakes here, right? Like, the coach is watching and everything. Guys? such an unforgiving position in sports when you listen to Aguayo late last week I got the sense like he was 98% convinced of what he was saying and there was a 2% doubt Mm. in his mind that he wasn't Mm. he's not willing to go to that dark place but it's there Mm. Uh, and finally hard knocks uh, starts by the way this week yes prediction Dirk Cotter is gonna be a sneaky star here we're Mm. gonna we're gonna like Dirk Cotter more than we expect it's a return engagement for Cutter. He was involved with the Falcon season, which was not very memorable. Gets another shot here. Uh, finally, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, held their induction ceremony over the weekend. Such luminaries uh, inducted included LaDainian Tomlinson, uh, Jason Taylor, Jerry Jones, uh, Terrell Davis, Kurt Warner, um, Morton Anderson got in. Good for you, Morton. Uh, who else? Am I missing anyone? Kenny Easley. Kenny Easley. Jason Taylor, did he say? I said Taylor. Uh, so uh, it was a celebrate. Let's hear a little bit, by the way. Wes, you mentioned this in our little pre-prod meeting. Uh, Kurt Warner talking about his journey and, and uh, called out somebody that maybe you wouldn't have expected to hear his name at a Hall, in, Hall of Fame induction speech. But I would like to recognize one teammate who had a more profound impact on me than any other, Trent Green. Give it up, guys. Jesus. You know, our paths crossed in the most incredible of ways. And I acknowledge you could easily be the one standing up here tonight. But the class that you showed while dealing with the toughest of situations is etched in my mind. Your willingness to share your football secrets so I could succeed was incredibly valuable. But the character you displayed and the way you modeled the definition of teammate was priceless. I, sh- I should have prefaced that by saying what the backstory is. I guess it's football lore at this point, but if you don't know, if you're a younger fan, Trent Green was supposed to be the starter for the St. Louis Rams in the 1999 season, blew out his ACL in the middle of the preseason. Dick Vermeil gave his famous press conference in which uh, he said the team will rally around Kurt Warner, who was an, a, an arena league football quarterback, who then went on to have one of the great seasons all time by a quarterback that entire offense became known as the greatest 
show on Turf West, uh, but Trent Green getting the shout out there. Uh, any other takeaways from that or the rest of the ceremony? Yeah, the takeaway for me, I mean, Kurt Warner is being self-deprecating there to, to a pretty large degree, but it, it just drives home the point how many Hall of Famers are in the Hall of Fame because of surrounding talent, scheme, coaching, landing in the landing in the exact right place. Trent Green the next year started five games when Kurt Warner was injured and had a higher passer rating than Kurt Warner. He could have been statistically one of the best quarterbacks of that generation had he stayed healthy, not blown out his ACL, and thrown passes to Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, Azahir Hakeem, and Mike Martz's offense. I mean, heck, he started to you know roll up four. 4,500-yard seasons at a time when there wasn't as many passing yards in Kansas City. Uh, so you're right. He could have done great there. I like the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. You know, it's kind of an event. You know, if you, you got to really be into football, I think, to sit and watch and, and really get into it. But if you love football, I think it's a great event. But I, I do think they have lost the plot with how long it is. It's it's outrageous how long the speeches are. And I don't know how you fix that because you want everyone to get their time in and thank everyone they want. But it was over four hours. I think they averaged almost – it was close to an average of 30 minutes of speech. And even comparing it to some of the ceremonies, I'm thinking of one that I went to and and I covered it for a long time. It's almost double – the ceremony right now than what it was six or seven years ago. They were doing 15 to 20 minute speeches. You know, maybe one guy would really go crazy. You know, Jerry did Jerry Jones, who was great, uh, had one of the best ones I thought of the night. We did 36 minutes, you know, and a lot over 30 minutes. And so maybe it's just an event for all the people there. And that's, that's fine, but it's not, I don't know. It's not a TV event when, when it's four and a half hours. That's fair. They got to tighten that up. Um, by the way, J- Jane Slater reported on NFL Network. I think I heard this c- correctly, that Jerry Jones's Friday night party the night before the induction uh, cost the team or cost the owner fifteen million dollars. I did a triple take and had to ask <laughs> if million was the right word there. Fifteen million dollar party? That's a bacchanalia. How well, about Justin Timberlake played? So maybe that's costing what a couple million right there. I don't know. How about you just get a DJ to play Justin Timberlake, throw a $1 million party, and then give $14 million to some of the underprivileged youth of the <laughs> Dallas area? It is a little, like, disgusting. Just an option, another option. Just, it's a little it's a little much. Jerry Jones thanked Jerry, uh, Jimmy Johnson. That was a notable uh, moment. I thought uh, the Chargers fans who showed up booing uh, Dean Spanos when Ladanian Tomlinson you know, thanks, Spanos. Ladanian Tomlinson had a great speech, but that that stuck in my head as kind of a memorable, real, real thing that actually happened. Morton Anderson was great. I mean, just to hear his story. Came here as an exchange student for eight months, and they just were like, "Hey, let's put the foreign kid out there." You know, just to live here for like seven months and make like, fun of him. For never, a while. Eh, never left. Yeah. No, let's put the yeah, foreign kid great. out there. He must be good at at kicking. And then he's in the Hall Racist. of Fame twenty years later. Well, guys who are the age of of me and Mark Sessler remember when most of the very old most of the good kickers in the league in the late 70s and yeah. early 80s were born outside the United States because they were the only soccer style kickers these guys are so confused they weren't even wearing two shoes it was just a whole a whole <laughs> thing going on back in the 70s and 80s uh that's what's happening in the news new era oh yeah Wes is wearing a new era hat today because he's his, his head, he's got a bald head, and it's cold. There, there is a wind chill in this it's building. It's freezing here. in this place. They fix the air the people like you who just complain and complain. No. First of all, come on. Get it together. The air conditioning here was broken for two years. <laughs> NFL Media, it's like a – I liked it. What is this, a uh, – how many billion dollars? $15 billion company? Uh, and finally, they fixed it. They airlifted in a new air conditioning unit. So now, instead of it being 80 degrees in the newsroom – How literal. It's, you know, 63 degrees. Layer up. That's just that's not even a hot take. Now I'm now I'm the bad guy. They airlifted the air conditioner. They did. There's a crane or something. New era. <laughs> like a Mitch Hedberg joke. A new era's NFL training collection has a great combination of innovative performance and style with features like UV protection, because you could always layer up. That's what I was saying to Greg. Greg has been complaining about this all day. When you're cold, you can layer up. Yeah, but you don't want to be at your workplace freezing. What fun is that? If you're hot, you can't. Hey, what are you going to do? But when you go outside, it's 85 degrees, so then you're wearing your sweatshirt, and it's conf- you know none of it makes sense. 
moisture wicking, and cooling technology. There's no reason you shouldn't make the New Era NFL Training Collection a part of your daily attire. Available at retailers like Lids, NFLShop.com, and, yep, Dick's Sporting Goods in your favorite team. I got to tell you, I like this hat. It's a, it's a Bucks hat that Wes is wearing. That's the other interesting tidbit here. Nice angle. Was well, this the first bet? Hat that Sully took out of the box. It's the Great Holy War. And and Hard Knocks is this week. A little tip of the cap to yeah. Hard Knocks. It's a great Literally holy war between Wes, Team Winston, and Greg, Team Mariota, uh, for the future of the NFL. So Flip what, those. Yeah, yeah. Is that what I had it the other way around? Yeah, Greg's Team other Winston. Way My bad. Anyway, you are, Wes. It's kind of a subversive move by you here. And also, I, I, am, I loathe the Buccaneers' uniforms especially the rogue uniforms which are vomit inducing literally when you have a hangover the digital alarm clock uniform. but this hat looks sharp i like the i kind of like the red it goes good with the white shirt here I, I if, you, if you don't want it, i'll take it home my daughter alice is strangely likes the buccaneers i think she just likes the logo the pirates i don't want to be taking uh clothing out of your daughter's pocket but i might need this the rest of the day <laughs> guys there's literally 500 hats in the closet behind sully uh that we have to figure out what to do with them um, all right. Winners and losers of training camp ellipses so far. Now, hey, how can you make any type of judgment like that? Huh, your boots aren't on the ground. How would you know it? Hey, you never played the game. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> who, 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 you know, who, who get was, over yourself. Who was that? An impression of? That's society. Okay. That's, that's, the, that's the football cognoscenti. Coming at us a little bit sometimes. I think that's more like the average idiot on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of. That's what it is. Um, uh, but we we watch things on television. We read things on the internet. Uh, and from that, we make judgment calls. And that's that's the basis of Greg's debrief. I mean, people week. lose jobs. People get jobs. Seasons end. Seasons begin. Signings happen. You know, all these things are happening. Greg has his eyes. He's been at a couple practices. He's seen things that have, have been become part of his debrief. Uh, but anyway, so winners and losers. So let's go around uh, the horn here a couple times through. Uh, Greg, let's start with you, buddy, because, uh, yes, you could check it out at NFL.com slash debrief. Debrief, uh, your weekly column. Uh, give me a winner or a loser, whatever you want to start with. Well, let's start with with a couple of losers. Uh, well, that just sounds so hard <laughs> <laughs> because uh, because the number one Couple o- total waste of <laughs> not what I'm getting at because the number one overall picks in the 2011 and 2012 draft are two of my very favorite players in the NFL to watch. And yet the fact that Cam Newton has not thrown a football in practice for eight straight days now to me has been a strangely underplayed Storyline. Everyone there says, oh, it's fine. It's no big deal. Cam Newton started camp with absolutely no restrictions, practiced for four days, and now has been out for eight days since. He didn't practice all offseason. They're trying to change their whole offensive identity. One of the key pieces for that offensive identity is Curtis Samuel, a second-round pick, who, by the way, got injured on the very first day of training camp and has not practiced one day since. So... The Panthers in general and this whole transition with Cam Newton, to me, I think you should be worried. Because, okay, maybe maybe he'll come back in a week and everything will be smooth sailing after that, and maybe I'm wrong. But a shoulder surgery is a really serious thing, and I think this last week points out that it's not always going to be a smooth road back, and they're missing a lot of really valuable time installing the offense. And I think if you're a Colts fan with Andrew Luck, you entered training camp not knowing anything, and you know even less now. He has not been close to practicing, and we're two weeks in. The fact that Luck, he a complete mystery, and you wrote about it in your column that, you know, just the fact, you know, Pagano is trying to take positives out of the fact that he was merely on the sideline watching his teammates over the weekend as uh, some side, a minor sign of progress just shows how much in the fog they are right now. It seems about what this guy's going to be able to give to him. You're right. Both, both those cases, the shoulder thing, it's scary. Yeah. I, if you're a Colts fan and you want to look on the opti- on the optimistic side that their general manager, Chris Ballard, continues to What's say. What's your favorite type of frogs? <laughs> That guy continues to insist that luck will be ready for week one. Well, he 
you got to parse his words a little. He said he won't be on pup list, that they're not going to do that. I don't know if that's saying he's going to be ready for week one. Does I think he's start just, practicing though soon. Right. I think that's just saying he's we're not putting him on the pup list. So that would indicate they think he'll be ready in the first five weeks for sure. I don't know. Yeah, you would think you would need to start practicing. And I think Cam's point, Cam's injury points out, okay, just because you return to practice doesn't mean you're ready to play or that you're going to have the same arm strength or, you know, they, a lot of people watching Cam Newton's practice said he wasn't throwing deep yet. It's just, it's it's a worrisome factor for two teams kind of up in the air right now. Still, today's August 7th. It's early. So you don't want to go crazy. But if, if Luck and Newton, um, well, Newton, yeah, it would be equally alarming uh, if Newton was out for another week after this. But they have to probably start getting in the mix by mid heading into late August to have a shot to start week one. Uh, but we'll see. Because well, you don't just want Cam Newton back. You want Cam Newton playing as well as Cam Newton can. You know, like an ineffective Cam Newton is not going to be fun to watch either if he's back for week one. Why does Kevin Benjamin, by the way, have wobbly legs? Is that a medical term? That was, yeah, that he did not He did not participate in the fan fest or some of the team drills, and they said he had a couple days of wobbly legs. You're a horse, they shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to set West. Give me a winner or maybe a winner. Yeah. So oh, sorry, sorry for starting negative. We right. Counterbalance that. Here's one that is not in Greg's article, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about it. Kirk Cousins. Mm. In March, everybody assumed he's going to have a down year because Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon, two established receivers, 2,000-yard guys, leave the organization I think the guys they have now, even though they're younger and the floor is lower, the ceiling is higher. I think Terrell Pryor is showing that he's going to be a real number one receiver, a Pro Bowl type of guy. Josh Doxson just came down with day-to-day hamstring but has been making plays in training camp. And, you know, all this talk about Jameis and Crowder in the offseason, he he might be their number three guy because Doxson is a first-round draft pick, very talented. Uh, And Terrell Pryor, I think, is ready to make that leap to Pro Bowl. So I think Kirk Cousins is in great shape. Mm. I should have this is why I should consult with Wes before I do these winners and losers columns. What about, should have put that in there. What about Sean McVay not being around? Bother so, you at all? It it's a fair point because I really think he's a smart guy, but that's I mean that's Jay Gruden's offense. You read there's there was this Jerry Brewer column in the Washington Post then prior and after reading that I don't know, I was convinced kind of what you're saying that he is ready to take another step. We forget that this guy can get a lot better. And Again, what do we not know? Why did not why did the Cleveland Browns say let's let's get out of this investment now? Well, they offered him eight million dollars a year. Well, you've been hinting for a year that there's a lot of smoke there, so there's got to be some fire, right? I I can't say, you know, triple You're, sources. Yeah, this isn't source, but you it, this is more your instincts here. No, I actually no. It's beyond that. It's beyond that. I really would love to know what actually spooked the Browns from really aggressive. If this guy is going to break out the way you think could happen this year. It's it's remarkable that the Browns will let him get away. But we'll see. We'll see. I'll throw uh let's see. Where do I wanna go? Okay, let's do another winner. You brought up Trail Pryor Pryor. I'll throw out Nelson Aguilar. And this guy is getting a lot of pop right now. It, all right, I like Sessler said something that I liked uh, on the Friday show, so I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow a Sesslerism here. Uh Wishcast. Is it a little bit Wish casting by the Eagles now, and we're going to get to a DJ reported as well in a second, but that based on strong spring practices and before we even get to the preseason, this idea now that he's going to potentially just now make this leap and become the guy that the, they've been waiting for three years, basically, for him to become. So winner in the sense that everybody seems to think Nelson Aguilar is now going to be a hot shot this season, but also a little dollop of skepticism uh, on my part. Just I want to see him actually playing some games and making some plays against opponents. Uh, and uh, I'd say DJ, Daniel Jeremiah. I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. Is a winner because he makes the comment on, on – apparently as a podcast on this network, but he yeah, said – the, the the Moving Sticks podcast. Moving the Sticks <laughs> podcast. Yeah, um, he moving in with the sticks he's, podcast with Bucky Brooks. <laughs> hey, sticks, come on in. <laughs> um, anyway, he said that he, he was certain that uh, Nelson was going to get some Nelson. Aguilar was going to get some uh, work out in the slot. What does that mean for Jordan Matthews? And then Matthews starts sniping at DJ a little bit. And DJ is too nice a guy to, to go back. 
uh, clap back at Jordan Matthews, and I won't do it on his behalf, but I'll say <laughs> Jordan Matthews being ultra sensitive about it. DJ very plugged into the Eagles. Eagles wanted DJ bad to get to, to, to work with them. He, form, he used to work in that building. He probably knows what he's talking about in this case. Well, two things on this. Aguilar, since all this came out, keeps separating from defensive backs better than any receiver on the Eagles roster and also is starting to drop the ball again. Mm. But but his one telling thing, and this was on Monday, they asked uh, the offensive coordinator about it, and he, he essentially admitted, well, yeah, our plans are going to be a little different in the slot. Well, yeah. So I, that he, they're they're now saying it, you know, and they're saying everything's a competition right now. They were asking, "Well, what about Jordan Matthews?" He said, "Everything's a competition now." So now, you know, they're coming out publicly and, and more or less confirming what DJ said. Well, then while we're on it, let's throw Jordan Matthews into the losers. Yeah, because they're turning him into the Michael Kendricks of the offensive side of the ball. Oh, no. What what's his role? Well, I, I think his role might be getting traded. Oh no! Is, oh, is Jordan Matthews about to become the number one wide receiver of the Jets for like think, third round? Pick? Or, or or the Texans? Is, uh, the Bills were another one that came to mind. The Texans could really use a uh, could really use a receiver, and I think that could be that could be a fit. I mean, they got Braxton Miller. Yeah, right. but if you think about if you go through team by team, who needs a slot receiver? And there are not many teams at all. Texans though. There's but Braxton one. Miller's a slot receiver. That's but, where he's been training since they drafted him. But is he between him and Jalen Strong? I mean, that is a bad two-three combo. I feel like uh, it's just just throwing it out there. Wes, I mean, uh, Greg, you're up. Well, and and I I did want to stick up for DJ by the way quickly. You know, because he yeah. took he took a, he went after him for his mock draft accuracy. Oh right, right. And uh, you know, while researching for this winners and losers, I found some random Eagles article that was like, well, actually, and they went through DJ's. Apparently they score the the mock drafts for accuracy, and they showed they them like they were like, ah, actually DJ's been uh, performing at a very high level for four straight years. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan Matthews, <laughs> you got banged. All right, very good. All right, you're up, uh, Greg. I'm gonna give a, another winner, one that wasn't in the column. You know, just a little extra here for our podcast listeners. Hey, this, this hey bro, that's this, how you distribute content. Uh, Jimmy Graham has not been talked about much on this podcast for a long time, but I thought it was really telling that Pete Carroll said how limited he was in terms of what they could do with him in practice last year, that they were careful with him because he was coming back from that surgery, and yet he was still pretty effective uh, on the field. And from the reports at Seahawks training camp, the fact he's down 15 to 20 pounds and people just saying that he's looking really good and he's a full go, practicing fully every day, I, I feel good about Jimmy Graham if you're drafting in fantasy leagues. I like a little Jimmy Graham comeback this year. The coolest thing about Jimmy Graham is that some days in training camp, he flies his own plane and lands it right there on the shores of Lake Washington and shows up the training camp like that. What? Uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of a bad I didn't ass. know this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, then you're, definitely, you're definitely a winner. You're that, a winner just for that. That's a baller <laughs> move. It's true. It's true. Hey, he ruptured his patellar tendon, which is one of the worst injuries you could have. He beat the timetable, came back last year, was the same kind of a red zone dude that could do damage, had nice numbers. He makes sense. Now, we've talked about that injury a lot. Will he ever get back to being the same type of Jimmy Graham? Unknown, but it seems to be trending in the right direction. Losing weight probably helps that. Uh, Wes, give us one. Another guy not on Greg's list. Uh, this, I know, didn't think you got you guys would pick off the list anyhow. You know, Dirk Cutter likes to brag about how he's doing this whole carrot and stick routine with Doug Martin. Do you know who did the best carrot routine throughout the offseason? Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch with Carlos Hyde comes into shape in the best mm. comes into camp the best shape of his life. Everybody's talking about how he's going to lose his job. He's one of the best players on the field in their training camp, and he's in a great offense for his talent. I, I think Carlos Hyde is going to have a career year this year. A not so subtle shot across Greg's bow. Your response, Greg. You know, I, maybe I got some bad information. Maybe they were putting it out there that he was that he needed to show up to camp. Uh, you know, they were trying to motivate that the guy. Part of the carrot routine was well, getting NFL insiders involved. And I'm not taking the L on that until we're <laughs> at week one and he hasn't been traded. Fair. Who knows? Maybe they still well, will trade him. I don't think that you asked Evan Silva to run with that report either. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. I'm gonna he, he actually did check with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure, go. Why not? Uh, I'm going to give a loser, then a, a, a and then kind of a speed round, quick winner, and you guys could do one more quick as well. Uh, my loser is Colin Kaepernick. I don't. We don't need to go into deep, deep dive on this, but uh, he couldn't get the job in Baltimore. In fact, we might see another missive by the Ravens at some point, an update on their situation. 
um, about whether they've made a decision or not. But you would think at this point, if it hasn't happened yet, it's not going to happen in Baltimore. Miami, it doesn't look like it was ever really considered because they quickly uh, pounced on Jay Cutler as their guy. Um, I know, Greg, you you talked about the Seahawks, maybe. I think the Seahawks could make sense. Trevon Boykin is reportedly not playing well at all at Seahawks camp. So, uh, But if it's not the Seahawks, then who is it? He might actually not get a job, which I thought all along he would eventually get a job. But now I would say it's more likely he doesn't. Uh, we'll see about that. And then my winner, we kind of brought we brought them up a little earlier, but Tom Savage, I think, is a Tom winner Savage so far. Because Tom Savage... If I had to guess one guy coming out of the draft who was mm. in greatest danger of losing a, 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 losing a quarterback competition to a rookie, I would have said it was him uh, with the, them uh, selecting Deshaun Watson and the amount of hype around that pick and the way ownership is in Houston. I thought that Savage is in a lot of trouble, but apparently, at least heading into the preseason, everyone says that Tom Savage is ahead on the cards. DeAndre Hopkins is all amped up about him, calling him a franchise quarterback. You could not have asked for a better start to training camp uh, in terms of what people are saying about you and how you're playing than Tom Savage, who might be real. If the practice reports are right, they've both played well. That that Watson has come in and been a little better than expected, and Savage has just had a is getting better with the competition. All right, Greg, one more. All right, how about a couple uh, losers? It. The Bay Area Smiths. How about that for <laughs> connecting two things that don't make any sense? Malcolm Smith signs a big free agent deal uh, in San Francisco. Was the one guy that knew that defense that was supposed to help teach it. He's now out for the season. Sean Smith in Oakland, who is guaranteed more than $9 million this year, or he might be on the way out, was demoted to second-string cornerback, number four cornerback on the team behind an undrafted rookie Mm. and uh, a second-year player, or third-year player in TJ Carey. This is before their first-round pick is even back on the field. They demoted Sean Smith for playing poorly. So if that money wasn't guaranteed, he might be on the way out. Wes. They've got him playing nickel linebacker. They had him, yeah. Then the third or fourth thing, they're just like trying to find something for him to do. It's the custodian. This is a good one that is on Greg's list. The 2017 Chargers rookie draft class. They, You could argue, strong argument, they had the best 2016 rookie class. Joey Bosa, Hunter Henry, Jatavis Brown, kicker, punter. They fullback, Derek Watt. They had a really impactful draft class. They've already lost their first-round pick and, what, their second or third-round pick? Second-round pick. Second-round pick from this year's draft. This is a very inauspicious beginning for the Chargers draft class. Very true. All right, there you go. Those are the takeaways from the early portion of training camp. The preseason kicks off. Does the Hall of Fame game technically count as a preseason game? Or is it a standalone entity? How do they break ties of the preseason standings then? If you go 5-0, and oh, you're the champ. Damn. You're the champ. What an advantage for uh, America's team. <laughs> big, big 2018 win uh, last week. Now, now it looms even larger now that I know it's technically part of the standings. They, they'll win. Even if another team goes undefeated, they win by half a game. We got to win four more, but yeah. Hey, halfway there. 20% home, baby. Uh, anyway, we'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, oh, yeah, what Half, I'm saying was halfway preseason. There, halfway there, 20% home, baby. <laughs> Dan Hansis, 30, 39 in a state-mandated math test. It was a 39, and I thought maybe it was unfair to me. Uh, from a cold town, uh, it was not right. Uh, preseason starts in earnest on Thursday. That's what I was trying to get to. So uh, we'll we'll be talking about what we see in those games on Friday. On Wednesday, we'll be back. Hard Knocks uh, premieres Tuesday. Uh, all the other NFL news uh, fit to talk about. Make sure you give us a check in on the iTunes if you haven't. Give us the five star ratings, the comments. We might might even talk about your comment on this very podcast if it's uh, witty enough or smarmy enough. Or, or da- down, don't forget you can rude. watch Wednesday's show. And you can watch Wednesday's show. Of course, that's our video show. Uh, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. That's it for today. This is Dan Hansen signing off for the mailman and the erstwhile boss. Of course, there's Sully behind the glass. Until Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.